We just pray you just fill afresh with your spirit, even now, that as she pours out, you'd be pouring in, mm. and you'd just be flowing right through her, God. We pray you bless her as she does this. Mm. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'd like to start off by saying that, um, like Rich was saying, I'm used to speaking to, to ladies, so I'm imagining all the men in dresses <laughs> as I speak this morning. And also the fact is I can't hide behind a guitar or a black bin bag for those that you are regulars. So this morning I'm really stepping out my comfort zone but I believe that's what God wants for us as a church, to start stepping out of our comfort zone, stepping into what he's got for us. New things, exciting things, but sometimes scary things. Um, we're looking at the early church and um, seeing what we can uh, learn about things that worked for them and things that didn't work for them. I'm just going to um, say a word, a dictionary definition of fellowship. A friendly association, especially with the people who shares one interest. And this is a quote. They valued fun and good fellowship as a cement of the community. Um, would you say that's us? Do you value fun? The fellowship. It's obvious this morning that you've come this morning because you enjoy fellowship. You come because you want to be in fellowship and you see the value of it. Um, well, I'm going to, wait a minute, hands up those who haven't read Lord of the Rings. Hands up those who haven't seen the film The Lord of the Rings. Okay, so for you who's putting your hand up now, I'm, there's going to be a clip coming on and uh, it's really about a ring in Lord of the Rings, yeah, the ring that is bad news, okay, it needs to be taken to be destroyed. It's a happy ending. Okay, so really, I want to just play a little bit, you'll understand a bit later on. That's a quick bit. I will take the ring to Mordor. No. I do not know the way. I will help you bear this burden, Frodo Baggins, as long as it is yours to bear. By my life or death, I can protect you. I will. You have my sword. And you have my bow. And my axe. Okay, the face of us all, little one. Indeed, the will of the council. Then Gondor will see it done. Hey! Did Mr. Frodo's not going anywhere without me? No, indeed, it is hardly possible to separate you even when he is summoned to a secret council, and you are not. 
coming too. You'll have to send us all tied up in a sack to stop it. Anyway, you need people of intelligence on this sort of mission. Quest. Thank you. Well, that rules you out with it. be it. You shall be the Fellowship of the Ring. Right. Where are we going? <laughs> I will come to that later on. I must say this morning that as we've had the worship and different people um, talking, I feel in a way that there's not much I can add really. It's been great. It's been a sort of real um, a response from the spirit that you've each one who's spoken and shared of uh, being really on message. And uh, I haven't quite stolen what I was going to say, but um, yeah, <laughs> it's great. I'm just going to read Acts uh, chapter 2. This is from the Amplified Bible, verse 42. And they steadfastly persevered, devoting themselves constantly to the instruction and fellowship of the apostles, to the breaking of bread, including the Lord's Supper, and prayers. And a sense of awe, reverential fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were performed through the apostles, the special messengers. And all who believed, who adhered to, and trusted in, and relied on Jesus Christ, were united, and together they had everything in common. And they sold their possessions, both their landed property and their movable goods, and distributed the price among all, according to as any who had need. And day after day, they regularly assembled in the temple with united purpose, and in their homes they brought bread, including the Lord's Supper, they partook of their food with gladness and simplicity and generous hearts, constantly praising God and being in favour and goodwill with all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were being saved from spiritual death. In a way, that sort of says it all, doesn't it? That's what we should do. That's how we should live. And the Lord added, uh, I think we make it complicated, don't we, sometimes? It's all in there. Let's look at the early church then. People heard the gospel about Jesus and they chose to turn away from their old life, religion, to follow Jesus. It was a new thing. Imagine what it was like. There was no established church for them to go to, like we've got, that's been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. It was totally, totally new. For the Jews, it was fulfillment, wasn't it, of, of the Messiah they were expecting, but Jesus didn't come in the way they expected, so for them, it, it was a challenge. But something made these people choose to follow something that was not there already. They couldn't go to an established church, they couldn't look in the paper and see about services. This was totally new. They met in houses and in the temple. Now I was thinking about this, I thought what, what must it have been like for them to say I've got this new revelation. This is Jesus who was come as Messiah to fulfill. And then they met in the temple 
and perhaps they still went to the synagogue because they were used to doing that. But what the message that they had was totally new. And I'm sure as they started talking about Jesus, they must have had some looks. Yeah. Imagine somebody coming in here and saying, I've got something new for you all. You're all wrong. Yeah. This was a new thing for them. So a question like Tashi, just to think about a minute. What would you do if there was no Baptist church building here? There were no services. There were no churches in Bridge North. What would you do? Have a think about it. I've got to take my earring out, I've been told. You can't be glamorous, can you? <laughs> I'd take both out because it looks wrong. <laughs> what would you do? Sorry? Start a house church. Travel somewhere else. Eat together. It'd be a challenge, wouldn't it? You'd have to do something yourselves in a way. It's not laid on for you. Yeah? It's a challenge. Sometimes we get very comfortable, don't we, in the fact that there's things laid on for us. Oh, just because Sunday it's there. Just turn up and, and, you know. Other countries, obviously, they don't have that. And you, you probably all know of countries where you're not allowed to be a Christian and they're meeting together and they do it, they think about it and they have that desire to meet together. Would you have the desire to meet together if there was no church here? Still have that desire? That's in us, isn't it? I believe that's a spiritual thing that's in us. Desire to meet together. So these people in the early church, they chose to turn away from their old way of life, whether that was the Jewish way, or if there were Roman Gentiles who perhaps worshipped in temples, things like that. They chose to turn away from it, the old draft religion, to follow Jesus. This was a new thing. And what I found interesting, and I believe by reading the scripture, by reading in Acts, the reaction to becoming Christian, in other words, a follower of the way, as it's called in the scripture, was to behave like family. The reaction to becoming a Christian was to behave like family. They weren't born into this family in a physical sense. It wasn't like, you know, we've always done it and my mum did it and my grandma did it and, you know, so, and, and obviously in the Jewish tradition that's what happened. You can go back generation, generation, so you just carry on, don't you? But this was totally new and these people chose to follow Jesus, they were filled with the Spirit, they had something new, a new life in Jesus and automatically they became family. That was their reaction. They wanted to be together. They met daily. They even gave up jobs, which I think is a bit, um, yeah, extreme. I think that's because some of them believed Jesus was coming back very quickly, didn't they? They thought he was coming back in the next week or so. So they just give, oh, I'll give up my job. You know, and they, meet, they were meeting daily, weren't they? in the temple, so obviously some of them weren't working. But obviously that didn't turn out 
to be true. So um, some of the things they did, you think, mm, perhaps they overreacted there. And they shared their stuff. They shared their stuff. And they looked after each other. It's interesting, I've got a scripture about walking in the light. <laughs> John 1, verse 7. If we are walking in the light, we have unbroken fellowship with one another. This is a spiritual truth. We have unbroken fellowship with one another. If you're a Christian, a follower of Jesus, there's a connection between you and other Christians, your brothers and sisters. Do you feel like your brothers and sisters? Who's got a brother and sister that they don't get on with? Yeah? <laughs> this can happen, can't it, in families? As families, thinking about your physical family, there perhaps are people that you don't get on with very well. Yeah? And I think spiritually, when we become a family of God, that can happen as well. Yeah? See, not everybody's as nice and friendly as I am. So... <laughs> There's going to be people that you're not going to get on with as, as well as you would like. But just coming back to this fact that there is that connection between us, that spirit between us, it's up to you to work out what that means to you. What does that mean? There's a connection between me and you, Carol. I know. What does that mean for the church? There's that spiritual connection with each other. What does that mean for the church worldwide that we have this connection? What does this mean to the people outside who don't know Jesus? What does that mean? It's, up to, it's, it's your choice what you do with this. It's up to you. But the thing to remember is, we are not alone. X-Files, who watched X-Files? We are not alone. Not like that, it's not spooky. Don't think it's spooky, it's not, it's really good, it's really good. <laughs> also in that mix comes the, we're not alone, we're in a fellowship, we're in a family this morning. And um, the thing about that as well, when I've, I've, I've looked back at my own church's experience and been involved with different churches and the ups and downs of being involved in different churches, that we sometimes, let's admit it, have a real big expectation of other people, don't we, other Christians? Hands up if you've had a really big expectation of other Christians. Right? How many of you have been just disappointed, let's be honest, by other people? Yeah, disappointed. It's just natural, we have an expectation, don't we? I mean, I had this idea that everyone was like me. Yeah, they were like me. And if they weren't like me, well, there's something wrong with them. That's true, that's, that's easy said, isn't it? So we can sometimes have that mindset. But I think as a fellowship, it's important that we do not have too high an expectation of each other, that we love each other, and, um, 
And if you get disappointed, just let it go. Let it go. Don't let things that the family have done to you, said to you, spoil your fellowship one with another. Just got a man up, a woman up, person up, and um, let it go. Move on. So this early church in Acts, this is a new family. It's the church. And not surprising, they met together as often as they could. They wanted to learn. They wanted to be safe. They wanted to be supported. They wanted to be protected. Does that sound familiar? Do you want to learn? Do you want to be safe? Do you want to be supported? Do you want to be protected? You'll decide, do you want to teach? Do you want to make people feel safe? Do you want to support people? And do you want to protect people? It's not all about what you get, is it? It's about what you give, yeah. I think that's really important. Because sometimes I have churches full of people that just want, gimme, gimme, gimme. That's a song, isn't it? Gimme, 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 da da. No, don't go there. Yeah, some of us, <laughs> you know, they have that mentality. And let's be honest, there are people that, that are in our fellowship now, and, you know, I can hold my hands up. We do need support. We do need help. There's times when we're struggling. Mm-hmm. We've got to be honest about that. We can't always be t- up there, can we? You know, I mean, as, as we get um, prayer requests coming in, you're thinking, my goodness, there's so many people in our fellowship, struggling with things and having a hard time. So I think we need to be aware of that so we don't judge each other and be supportive of each other. Also what happened was persecution came. It was all going so well. Persecution came. So, in a way, being in fellowship was even more important. Yeah? Needed each other. They're getting stick out there. And I think as a church and individuals, we need to know that out there in the world, saying you're a follower of Jesus and walking God's way, you're going to get some stick one way or another. So we need to be aware of that and support each other. Um, I mean, also, you can go out there and share Jesus and be blessed, there's the other side of it as well. But for these people that were persecuted, um, it was very dangerous for them to speak about Jesus, very dangerous to meet together at, at one point. And you've got obviously Saul came in the mix, coming and getting you. And um, so the thought I want to put to you, what would you do if there's a law against meeting together? What would you do? What would you do? Meet together. Yeah. Meet together. It's a challenge, isn't it? When you think we have it so easy. You know, and uh, I I think about that when sometimes I get up and I think, stay in bed another hour. I don't feel so well. But some, some people love 
Some Christians places are love to be able to come together like we do in freedom. So what is fellowship? It's a place of safety. I hope you feel safe when you come here. You feel safe. It's a place of challenge. I'm not very challenging as you can see, but others are. Just looking at my husband. You come together to grow. You come together to make mistakes. It's all right to make a mistake. It's all right to get it wrong. We all do it, don't we? That's okay. I hope you feel safe enough in, the, in this fellowship to, to make mistakes and get it wrong. I hope there's no judgment on anyone's lips in this place when people have a go at something that's new. It's a place of respect, respecting each other. And of discipline as well. Accepting discipline. Accepting the fact that you can be a certain age and still get it wrong. And that's fine. And accept the discipline, accept the challenge. We are one body called to spur one another on. And to love one another. That's come out, hasn't it, from you, Richard. We have to be active. To be intentional. Now you say, why should we love each other? Why? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus told you to. Simple. Yeah. That's all there is to it. He told us to. I'm looking at the time, that's why I'm looking at my notes. The thing is, we can't be best buddies with everybody. We can't. It's too many of us. We can't be best buddies with everybody. Um, when you look at Jesus, he had his three closest, didn't he? He had his three closest, then he had his 12, then he had the 70. And that was okay for him. <laughs> so don't get worked up. I don't know everybody's name. I don't know everybody's address. I don't know everybody's favorite color. I don't know where everybody's birthday is. I mean, to be quite honest, I struggle remembering people's names. And I'm blessed when new people come in, but others say, oh, I've got another, some more names to learn, so please don't judge me if I can't remember your name, because I'm rubbish at it. But uh, the fact is that we are called to love each other, even if we're not best buddies. So we can pray for each other, can't we? We can pray for people, and if we don't know the name, if we've got the face in our, in, in our minds, we can pray for each other. So don't feel condemned if you, you know, you're not sort of, because uh, you can't, you can't possibly do it. So don't feel guilty about that. A good place of fellowship is in, in church activities. It's not always easy. It takes perseverance at time because loving one another can be hard. We must pursue it. Jesus said, love one another as I've loved you. It's important to have fellowship with God, the Father, Jesus and the Holy Spirit on your own. It's very special to have time on your own, isn't it? With the Father, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But it's important to have fellowship with the believers as well. The question is, do you feel part of the fellowship here? Do you feel part of it? 
Because I know that we as a church want you to experience fully the experience of your own personal uh, fellowship with, with, with God and also fellowship with us as a group. There is much more together. Now back to the Lord of the Rings clip. Can you remember it? Yeah, a few minutes ago, isn't it? Now what happened? These people gathered around Frodo, the hobbit, because he was on a quest, he was on a mission, he had a vision of what he wanted to do. These people that gathered around him were not all family, they were not all friends. Those of you who've seen the film and read the book know that, yeah? There were people coming together for a purpose, specific to share and support someone in their vision by encouragement getting involved. There was a goal, a task, and it wasn't without danger. And I believe this is an important part of our fellowship here. We can also add prayer and prophetic into that mix. It wasn't in the film, just so I'm telling you. They didn't pray for each other or prophesy over each other. Perhaps it would have been good if they did, but they didn't. But that is in the mix for us as fellowship. So the challenge is, how about getting in fellowship with some of our church adventures if you're not already involved? How about uh, there's Ian Seymour and the work in Nigeria? There's Alan Muscat and Healing on the Streets. There's Graham and Thursday Church, Mandy and Hope House, to name a few. There's lots of small fellowships that, that, that are gathered together for a name and a vision. And just a challenge is about you thinking about getting involved in those. You are being in fellowship here, church on a Sunday, but you can get involved with smaller ones as well. It's not just Sunday morning. I know you're gonna say, I haven't got time, yeah? I know you're going to say that. But if you can find time, there's other things to be involved with. It brings sort of a smaller fellowship. Uh, examples are house groups. Hands up if you're involved in a house group. Yeah, house groups, good. There's prayer triplets. That's when three people come together to meet regularly to pray for each other and others. Who's in a prayer triplet? Yeah, a few of that, yeah. There's also, we started some discipleship groups, which Graham is in, in, involved with, and that's people coming together in smaller groups and going through different courses and things like that. So I want to just challenge you on that. If you're interested in any of these, if you're not in a house group, a prayer triplet, or a discipleship group, um, I'd like you, after we've finished, to come and see me if you're interested in getting involved in a prayer triplet. If you're interested in house group, see John Southcombe at the back there with a beard who was stood here. Nobody else had a beard, did they? No. John in the beard with the glasses is up there. Just to chat to him and give you a name. And also discipleship groups, see Graham. And he'll explain what that is. I mean, we've got quite a few groups going already, aren't we? And the more, they're all men, aren't they, at the minute? Come on, ladies. Yeah. I just want to read Philippians 2, 1 to 4 to finish. So, by whatever 
appeal to you there is no mutual dwelling in Christ. By whatever strengthening, consoling, and encouragement our relationship in him affords, by whatever persuasive incentives there is in love, by whatever participation in the Holy Spirit we share, and by whatever depth of affection and compassionate sympathy, fill up and complete my joy by living in harmony and being of the same mind and one in purpose, having the same love, being in full accord and of one harmonious mind and intention. Do nothing from factional motives, through contentiousness, strife, selfishness, or for unworthy ends, or prompted by conceit and empty arrogance. Instead, in the true spirit of humility, lawless of mind, let each regard the others better than and superior to himself, thinking more highly of one another than you do of yourself. Let each of you esteem and look upon and be concerned for, not merely his own interest, but also each for the interests of other. Let the same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility. I want to finish on that, but I want to finish by saying that I think this is a wonderful fellowship. This is my testimony. It's a wonderful fellowship and we've got so much to be thankful for. We've got some lovely people here and I'm so blessed I'm blessed by you all, even if I don't know you, just seeing your faces here, I'm blessed. And so I want to encourage you uh, to get to know each other a bit better, perhaps, get involved with these groups. I'm um, just a testimony here is that um, when I, uh, I'm living much well now, and I came uh, to the Inspire group here back in the day, quite a few years ago now, didn't come to this church then. And I came along, and there was lovely ladies, and the worship and everything, and I went to him, I thought, mm, I don't know whether I feel part of this. I don't know whether I feel part of this. And God said to me, well, why don't you just talk about yourself to somebody? You know what I mean? Just share something about yourself. So the next time I went, I spoke to Linda Mason, went out for a coffee, and I just shared something about what was happening in my life. And from then on, something opened up, because I'd opened up. Yeah? So sometimes you've got to make that step, you know, and, and I want to share something about me, and you share something ab about you. And what that means, when we meet together, it's big, little, small, three, two, chatting, having coffee, uh, going on walks, whatever we do together, that fellowship, what we've been is we've been um, a God influence on each other. We're a God influence on each other. And, and I think that's, that's wonderful. That's really precious and that is really, well, great. So I just want to pray and then hand over to Richard. I just want to thank you again, Lord Jesus, for this fellowship that we have here. I thank you that we are one together in you and I pray you'll help us to see what that really means for us and for a fellowship, our fellowship too here. We want to be an example. We want people to see that we love each other and therefore they'll know that, that you are real, that you are true. You said that in your word. So I pray that you'll help us to do that. Help us to see what that means to us individuals. Not to feel condemned, but to open ourselves up to see who do you want me to fellowship with? Who do you want me to support and encourage? Who do you want me to get alongside with? And also, the other side of it is, who do you want me to share 
my problems with, who do you want to share my life with, so that we all can be a God influence on each other. I ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.